Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus gives us some guidance about when and how we should pray and what words we might use um, when we do so. We're going to, in a moment, share our care news and spend some time in prayer for those people in particular need of our care and that of our Heavenly Father as well. At the end of that time, um, we're going to sing together from Praise the Lord 92, which are the words of the Lord's Prayer set to music. So it might help you if you had that on your lap um, ready. If you need a copy of Praise the Lord, can you just put your hand up? Uh, One of the stewards can bring you a copy of Praise the Lord. Uh, And I'll ask musicians to come and be ready, um, if that's okay. So thanks to Mark and Elaine for preparing this week's care news. Steve mentioned that Wendy Leach's Remembrance Service will take place on Wednesday here at the Bethel, and that starts at 12.30. The family will be having a private burial before coming to the Bethel. We continue to pray for God's peace, comfort and strength to be with David, Jessica and all the family. And we can show these characteristics of our father to them at this difficult time. If you're able to help steward for that remembrance service, can you speak to Pete? If you are able to help with the catering, can you speak to Kate Fain? We remember Nikki and the boys as Sam continues his new school. Nikki has also had a tough week, so we pray for God to be with them all. Elaine has been in touch with Janet and she's had a tough few weeks but remains very strong in her faith and hopes to see us all soon. Remember those of our members who are searching for jobs and having interviews at the moment and that God will give them the strength they need. We should think of those who may be struggling during the cold winter months, especially with snow forecast for this week. If there are practical ways that any of our members need help, then please let one of the care committee know. Does anybody have anything else that they'd like us to share in prayer this morning? So we're praying for Phil's granddad who's in hospital with pneumonia. Steve Tanner. So we don't know how Steve is or where he is, and we've lost contact with him. So remember him in our prayers as well. Okay, brilliant. Thank you, Jess. So that's uh, a friend of Lucy Taskers from work who's been diagnosed with cancer. Perline. So we're praying particularly for Perline's dad and for Perline's dad's cousin as well. Okay. Okay, so Anne's just tried to be in touch with Rob, but no news there. As far as we know. So lots of things to pray about. People that we know personally, people that we don't, but whose lives and circumstances um, touch or affect the lives of people um, who are part of this church. So we're going to spend some moments together just seated quietly in our own time. So I'd like you to use this time. You've heard all these desperate needs of different families in different circumstances. So please bring them before God in prayer. Um, At the end of that silent time, I'll pray again, and then we'll move into singing um, the Lord's Prayer, our Father in Heaven. Father, you know what we need before we ask it. You hear when we can find the words and ask for help, and the times when no words come.
just the unspoken cry of the hearts of each one of us. Thank you for listening to us, Father, as we've prayed with you and before you. Hear our prayer. Help us help those that we pray for and help us in turn to help and bless them. So let's listen to Jesus talking to us through the words recorded in Matthew chapter 6, which Rosie is going to come and read for us now. Good morning. Reading from Matthew chapter 6. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by men. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When you fast, do not look sombre as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men their fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, Put oil on your head and wash your face, so it will not be obvious to men that you're fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or soar away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Thank you, Rosie. Mike, come and encourage us. Morning. Okay, so um, just for the next few minutes, we're going to look at what's called um, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Um, it's basically Jesus' first talk, if you like, that he gave, and it's Matthew chapters 5 to 7, and we're, now we're on chapter 6 that we've just been looking at. Almost exactly two years ago, I stood here and did chapter 5. Okay? <laughs> um, I'm going to carry on where I left. Um, and it also fits in uh, with the services that we've been thinking about over the, the past few weeks and the next couple of weeks, refocusing on God at the center. That's what Jesus is completely focusing about. So just very, very quick summary of some of the things of, that I'm thinking about today that are also in chapter 5. Um, in verse uh, 17, he says this, Jesus says this, um, Do not think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And it's followed by lots of examples. I think he knew we needed lots of examples. And he showed us what the law 
um, the law or the prophets. He showed us what he called it. He showed us what it was telling us. And he also added what he was now telling us. To help us get to where the law was pointing. Where the law was aiming towards. And he gave us some practical and real examples. And his examples are in the same direction as the Old Testament, but they feel much more extreme. Here's an example, chapter 5, verse 43. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. I think that's very challenging. And he gives us many examples, many very challenging aims. And at the end, in verse 48, Jesus explains what's underneath that aim. Be perfect. Okay, that sounds easy. (laughs) Even less easy. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus is talking to us about extremely challenging, impossible things to aim at. So let's carry on looking at um, chapter 6 that we've just read this morning. Chapter 6, verse 1. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. So, Jesus is talking about practicing of our righteousness. He's basically talking about what we would say is just being a good person. And in the previous chapter, he was talking about fixing our attitude um, towards stopping doing really bad things. And now he's talking about fixing our attitude towards trying to do good things. And he's given this sort of pattern as to the way he keeps repeating and saying the same pattern. Our attitude of being good or not being bad is focused on the outside, on how we look, how we appear on the outside, or as Jesus said, to be seen by them. And he wants to talk to us about what's inside us. about a deep, hidden, hard-to-see core part of us that's tough to feel and understand. And again, he gives us lots of examples. Um, so the first one in, the, in verse 2, 
So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honoured by others. That's interesting. He uses that's an interesting phrase. Um, hypocrites. Interestingly, or, or worryingly, Jesus seems to use that phrase to talk about um, the most central sort of religious people who are at the centre of teaching other people about God. This example, one of this example here, is about giving to the needy. And it's about putting the effort in of being a good person. But not through external things, but from the inside. And that's what Jesus is getting over and over again and again to us in all these examples. The inside is what you need to focus on. So let's look at the next example. Starting in verse 5. Jesus is talking about how we pray. And again... He uses the word hypocrites. In verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. That's interesting. Go into your room, close the door. What is done in secret? A few places in the Bible, just a few, we have some examples of a prayer from Jesus, not in private. Uh, For example, uh, John chapter 17, the whole chapter um, is his prayer to God before he was crucified. But this, in what we're reading now, is a basic example of how you should talk to God in secret. And this is where Jesus gives us the example of what's called the Lord's Prayer. And we often say the Lord's Prayer all together. Um, it is so important Um, I don't want to think that I'm uh, saying something slightly different. I am so grateful um, that we can share our family love together. Um, I feel hopefully as I'm talking a bit more it will become clear. It's not just the words outside. It's not the public thing that is important. But I feel... I know people here enough to feel the inside, the core inside bit is there too. But, coming back to what I was saying. um, Oh, well, there's one interesting thing. This example he gives about the Lord's Prayer that has to be done in private, that should always be done in private, is not an example. It's an actual prayer in a group of people, our Father 
not my father. He's not quoting, pretending. He is praying, and he's praying with a group of people he is really close to. But having said that, let's have a think about what he's pointing at, what he's trying to get to us. Most of the time, the little things in the Bible where we hear about Jesus praying, it is definitely in secret. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And one more example, Luke 5, chapter 16. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus, even Jesus, needed to avoid being in public, to help him focus and get close to God. I think that's something we need to think about. I've got something to share with you about that too. Um, about a year and a half ago, I was off work with a, an illness called, I've had to write this down, herpes simplex encephalitis, which is a brain infection. Um, I went back to work slowly um, so that I didn't get worn out, which was what was quite often happening. I went back to half days first, and then I went back um, for full days. And when I went back for full days, I really needed to take a break. Lunchtime, I didn't spend, well, I did eat some lunch, took my sandwiches up the hill. I live, um, sorry, I work halfway up a hill. So I just, at lunchtime, walked up to the top of the hill. It's a very lonely hill. There's a little path, there's trees, and you can hear the motorway far away, but every now and again you bump into someone walking their dog. Most days, I don't see anyone, it's just me. And it really helped me focus on God and have a chat. I have to admit, I've previously heard people stand here and say, oh yes, we should do something like that. We should make time to be, go separate and pray. And I've thought, oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah, I'll do that. However, it took me needing to take a break for health reasons to accidentally discover a free time and a private place that would really help me get closer to God. So we've spent a bit of time also this morning thinking about Jesus' example of a prayer. And I think we've not got time this morning to really just think about that. I've just got one question though. And this is what Jesus says at the end. For if I forgive other people when they sin against you, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive other people their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That feels very challenging, doesn't it? It feels even worrying. I'd be interested to... If you've got any comments, tell me afterwards. Interested to know what you think. I wonder though, is this a really common 
um, thing, common mistake for us, and we need needed a little challenge like this, or a big challenge. One really interesting thing is how linked our forgiveness to others is to God's forgiveness to us. There's examples that have links both ways, and this is one example. And I think when we feel the difficulty to forgive others, this is worth thinking about. It's tough to forgive other people sometimes. I wonder, is God trying to say, I feel that? So that we, our difficulty, our challenge is what God feels. It's just a thought anyway. So Jesus has given us quite a few examples that I'm not going to go into lots of details about this morning. And then he gives us, if you like, a more general principle a description about what the underlying causes are for those examples. So that's in in chapter 6, verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesus is talking, if you like, about the two layers of us, of our character. Different ways of thinking about it. The outside and the inside. The things in the public and the things in private, in secret. The physical and the spiritual. The shallow surface, highly visible and the underlying, hidden, deep foundation. Or as Jesus puts it, treasures on earth and treasures in heaven. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, the whole body will be full of light. But if the eyes are unhealthy, the whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And I think that's Jesus talking about these two layers. He's talking about um, the outside eyes, the eyes that you see with in the light and the darkness. And then he talks about the light within you. Or if you like, the spiritual light. trying to say, if you can see God, it will be as dramatic for you as suddenly being cured from being blind. And the opposite is true. <clears throat> how, and how great is that darkness, he says as well. And Jesus goes on, having talked with, given lots of examples, he goes on helping us to see 
of the two choices we've got, one of them is absolutely the better choice. <clears throat> In from verse 25 and onwards, which is entitled "Do Not Worry," he knows that many of us have real sources of worry in our lives. And if you want the outside layer to work okay, and if you want the deep core life that has the most amazing long-term permanent solution to everyone, everything, listen to what Jesus says. Verse 32, For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I don't know if you noticed when we read it this morning or previously. <clears throat> There's a lot of times Jesus is just talking about lots of different things and he always keeps on coming up saying, Your Father, your Father. Verse 1, your Father in heaven. Verse 4, your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Verse 6, pray to your Father who isn't seen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Verse 8, your Father knows what you ask before you ask, what you need before you ask him. And then, as we talked about and sung, our Father in heaven, about praying to him. Verse 14, your Father will also forgive you. 18, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them, in verse 26. And then we've just, what I've just read before, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. It's exactly what Jesus is trying to get our focus on. God. Jesus is telling us that the aim of the law and the prophets is pointing in the right direction. But he was saying that the law tells you how to get your score from zero up to ten in the right direction. <clears throat> and just aiming not to fail the law, not to get below not to get below ten isn't enough. As he says in, in verse twenty of the previous chapter, for I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. The law tried to help us by pointing at what's easy to see. Just looking at our outside layer. And some uh, religious people, probably I wouldn't, if, I was, if it was Jesus speaking, he would use the word hypocrites. Uh, today, aim, and, aim at scoring a score. Oh, let's score 11 points. Not 10, as the law said. Let's aim for 11 but they're just measuring the outside layer. And in fact, I think that is what is built into us. That is what human nature is just so focused on what you can see on the outside. 
It's what the law and everything in our, the rules in the country and the, everything is focused on. Nothing is focused on the inside. And in our characters, judging other people, looking down at some people, and actually caring about how other people look at us from the outside. Jesus has given us examples to aim at. Impossible examples to aim at. And I find it really interesting. So in chapter 5, verse 48, it says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And in next chapter, verse 33, But seek first his, his kingdom and his righteousness. And all his examples that he gives us, um, starting with the, you know, you shall not murder, but I tell you, anyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment, or do not resist an evil person, love your enemies, giving to the needy in secret. As your heavenly father is perfect. That's what it's about. Be getting closer to God, understanding what He's doing. Do amazing, expensive, difficult things for people and deal with never being appreciated enough. This aiming at an impossible, not zero to ten, zero to infinity. That's what Jesus is pointing at. That's what all his examples are pointing at. Not us looking at these numbers, oh, I'm zero, I'm nine and a half, I'm nearly there. Don't look at there, look where infinity is. Or, to help you remember, not even to infinity. It's not about just getting your level of goodness in yourself that you can achieve yourself to be as high as it can ever be possible. To infinity and beyond. There you go, you'll remember that. It's not about the numbers. It's about something different. It's about our inside emotions. It's about copying God, what he's done. It's about having an incredible, breathtaking attitude towards anyone we'll ever see. That's what he's done. It's about getting you closer to your Father in heaven. It's about... Living a life that manages to share little bits of God's character. It's about us coming a little bit closer to feeling how God feels. 
It's about the phrase that kept coming up, your father, starting to feel very suitable, appropriate, desirable to you. And now we're going to look at what God has done. Think about what God has done to get close to us. There is a lot of focus on that inside layer. He chose a way of letting that inside deep hidden layer be as visible as it possibly could be. And that's what we come here to remember. And think about. God knows what we need. He knows everything we need. He has big amazing plans. And deep amazing love. Mike. Two years didn't feel like very long to me. Um, Mike said, encouraged, exhorted us to have God at the centre. And that's what we reflect on in the singing of our next hymn. It's from Praise the Lord, it's number 12. Be still for the presence of the Lord, the Holy One, is here. So we come together as God's family in this place, having welcomed Phil and Heather and Caitlin and Jess into our family to share bread and wine together. And this is how Jesus' disciple Paul describes it. The tradition which I handed on to you came to me from the Lord himself, that on the night of his arrest, the Lord Jesus took bread and after giving thanks to God, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in memory of me. John Fain will come and give thanks for the bread that we're about to share. I know if I was to pull my phone out now and phone the... Uh Royal Bank of Scotland, uh, a robotic voice would say, um, you've got six options. Press button one if you want to do this. Press button two if you want to do that. But I know, Father God, I only have to turn my mind to you. And you go, yes, John. I only have to think and you go, yes, John. In times of trouble, in times of joy, in times of times. Yes, John. There's no three minutes. There's no 
thousands of texts, the contract you've given me is here with this bread. The contract is your dear son. Love unbounded. Love deep as the ocean. Father God, my Father, thank you for this bread. Thank you for your Son, my brother, my friend, whose sacrifice I remember and I cherish now with this bread. Amen. Jesus said, this is my body. In the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this in memory of me. Luke will come and offer our thanks for the cup that we're about to share. Lord God, our Father, you are awesome. You have done amazing things. You keep doing amazing things. But most of all, you love us. Lord, thank you. Thank you for that love. Thank you that you loved us so much that you sent Jesus, your son, to die for us. Thank you, Jesus, for everything we read about, everything you taught us, that everything you did was for us. And Lord, as we take this wine, we remember you, remember your amazing love for us, your forgiveness, and we pray that we might be more forgiving, we might be more like Jesus every day until he returns, and may that be very soon. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. We take the cup and share it in memory of Jesus. For every time you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. Thank you to you for being here and sharing this time together. Thank you to everybody who's worked to bring the service to life. We'll conclude by singing together our final song, O God of Love, I Come to You Again. I can't explain all the things I see, but I'll trust in you. In every moment you are there, watching, you overhear my prayer. You go before me, you're behind me, nothing is hidden from you. We'll sing this and then we'll pray together and bring our service to its end. Father God, we pray 
that as you've been with us this morning, so you'll be the centre of all we do until Jesus comes again. Amen.